Akwaba, welcome back to the Team Ghana U podcast, Bite Size, where you receive news, updates, discussion, everything significant football and Ghana related. As always, I want you, the listeners, to be actively involved by tweeting or emailing us for discussion or wanting more information. Today, I'm joined by a guest, an experienced coach and analyst in Eugenio, Eugenio Senna. Am I right in saying so? Eugenio, it's right. Eugenio. Oh, Eugenio Senna. Okay, I do apologize. Um, would you like to introduce yourselves and, or introduce yourself, sorry, and tell us about your experience in football, who you've worked for, and your roles and responsibilities. Yes, Andrew, thank you very much for hosting me today. I am very happy to, to talk with you. About myself, um, I am 28 years old. I am from Italy, and uh, I studied sports science, bunch of degree in sports science uh, in north of Italy, and also I got a master degree in football performance. About my um, uh, football license, I am with a B license in Italy, and currently I am uh, attending with a course uh, for Federation of uh, Montenegro. And about my coaching working experience, I worked in Hungary for an academy called Debrecen, who plays uh, the top uh, the top division there. And I was assistant of the under-18s and scout. And then I, I moved for one year uh, in Australia, where I worked for different academies, clubs, and uh, schools uh, as well. And uh, after Australia, I joined uh, the international projects of Juventus and uh, I moved in China in the first uh, academy of Juventus based in China. And then I moved back uh, again in Italy because I was doing my master and uh, I, I did uh, the traineeship uh, for Kievo Verona. Uh, with the under 16 and the under 17. After that, uh, I, I moved uh, in uh, Russia uh, again to join the international projects uh, of uh, Juventus. And I was a technical coordinator of the academy in Moscow. And then after that, uh, I moved in England, in uh, Yeovil, because I worked for Yeovil Town Football Club as uh, academic coach and uh, lead academy performance analyst. And then this year uh, I was working uh, in Montenegro for, for a club in third division as uh, assistant manager, as head of uh, analysis and uh, head of academic coaching. Brilliant. Um, that's a lot of experience. Um, I brought you on today because um, probably very similar to yourself. I don't have experience in the countries that you've actually worked in, but I've probably got very similar experience in that I've worked in academy football and I've worked in recruitment. But I thought it would be very good to get you on the podcast today to discuss, in particular, Italian football, but then maybe have a discussion about some of the other countries that you've worked in as well, because um, you've got a lot of experience. So just to begin with, how do Italy approach football development? Because we know it's different... In, in, in other countries? So about the difference that I can find between, for example, in Italy and in England is that the syllabus, the, the curriculum 
from the FA is uh, more followed by, by the clubs, in my opinion. Instead, in Italy, the Football Association, yes, gives the guidelines, uh, but uh, every club, they, they decide to do uh, what they want. So it is good for this because we can find a different kind of approach uh, with football, with uh, some clubs that they are focused more in the technical parts because they want to produce players to, to sell or also to put uh, in the first team. In my experience, uh, in uh, Juventus uh, was very, very important the psychological part because it is very important to uh, have players that they are brave and, uh, uh, for example, uh, they like, they want uh, that they play out from the back uh, since uh, the foundation phase. Uh, and this is linked to the psychological part. Uh, or, uh, for example, when I was coaching in uh, Kiev Verona, because, of course, uh, uh, they are uh, smaller than uh, Juventus, uh, uh, they cannot have uh, all uh, the players that they wish. And so they are more focused uh, for the technical part, so they want to improve the players uh, more, more and more in the technical aspect where they had very good results because I, uh, I remember my year there and uh, in their uh, under 19 there were almost 14 players came from or foundation phase or youth phase and also eight players came from foundation phase that is very big result so every club they uh, has uh, they they own uh, uh, I can, can say philosophy. Yes, philosophy. Yes, that's correct. Yes. Okay, brilliant. I'll explain very briefly how I understand things to be in Ghana. So obviously I'm based in the UK, but I have very um, let's say I'm gonna say I think I have limited knowledge as to football in Ghana, but I've seen how things have developed in recent years. So in the past, I understand there was a youth system in which um, players would go to be a part of, which was called Coles Football. And then from there, boys will be selected to play for the national team. And also boys will be selected to play for professional football clubs. Um, there's also, as you know, probably, there's, in, there's a lot of independent clubs in, in London. So they're not professional football clubs. They're smaller clubs outside, the, outside of the professional, the professional um, system. So I believe there are a number of those independent academies now in Ghana to which um, now either feed boys into these professional football clubs or sometimes you have agents who are attached maybe to some of these small independent clubs and then from there they may feed them boys into Europe and that's how you get a number of whether it's Ghanaians or, or other African boys or players um, find themselves um, playing football whether it's in Italy or whether it's in France or whether it's in, in England itself or even other parts of Europe as well because I know um, yeah, there's a number of players um, of African heritage who are playing all over Europe and also even in Asia at this moment in time. 
So that's how I understand, obviously, the football system to work in Ghana. Um, but in having a lot of experience yourself in some of the countries, whether it's, um, we've discussed Italy, we've discussed um, the UK, so whether it's Australia, China, Russia, Montenegro. Um, Hungary. Yeah, Hungary. And you might have mentioned Spain, I think, on your buyer as well. I mean, what are some of the, the different approaches that you have found in those countries? It is very important about you to know the history of uh, every country because, for, uh, for example, I was working this year in uh, uh, Montenegro and uh, they had, uh, I can say, many, many battles, many wars uh, in the last 20 years. And uh, when uh, the kids, they play the, the weekly match, it is like a, a war in the pitch because uh, every kid, they uh, want to win the uh, one against one and uh, every kid, they want to uh, win the matches. The difference are, of course, the structures, the facilities, because, uh, for example, Montenegro, as it is a very, very small country, or, for example, Hungary and Russia, you, you know, it is very, very difficult for the, uh, for the weather condition because it is uh, snowing. But in Hungary, uh, when I was coaching in, in, uh, in Debrecen, they uh, like were training five times per week plus twice uh, uh, in uh, like morning trainings. So okay. it means uh, seven times that uh, I didn't find in Italy, in uh, Russia, in uh, Montenegro, etc. So they uh, like really, really uh, work hard. In Australia, it is uh, very different because uh, it is a very uh, wealthy country where the people uh, uh, lives good and uh, sometimes the kids are like um, I can say spoiled yeah okay? and uh, sometimes it is not easy to, to like to teach them or like when uh, when you give them some pressure they are not able to handle it and uh, you need to know that there uh, you cannot uh, be very, very strong, for example, like I was uh, in Montenegro because they uh, used to live with pressure, under pressure, and in uh, some countries, uh, no. But the things in common to everyone is that in every country they want to win. So it is not that you go in some country say, okay, here it's easier. No, in every country the kids want to win and also the parents want to win. You mentioned a few important things which I want to touch on in just a moment. Um, in fact, no, I'll touch on them just now actually and then I'll, I'll move on. I think you mentioned something in regards to Juventus as to, I'm not saying you said there were more psychological rather than technical. But because obviously they're a big club, I think it's important that people understand that once you play on that big stage, that you're able to 
handle the pressure of playing for a big club. And I think you drew comparison with, I think it was those in Australia who sometimes can't necessarily handle um, a coach or, or someone who's teaching them being strong. So you have to kind of gauge the type of player or student that you're actually speaking to, which again draws comparison with something else that you said as to battle. So I never really took into consideration um, places such as, let's say, Montenegro or places where there's been a war and those sort of aspects and psychological aspects actually play a part as to, because they've come from a very, very difficult background, when they actually go onto the football pitch, which may be their sanctuary and it may be a free, like an opportunity to be free and express themselves, but when they actually play on the pitch, there's a lot of battles that take place because it almost comes across as a, um, a do or die situation. And I find that quite remarkable in that you'll see there's a number of countries across the world, um, as we know at this moment in time, in which they're going through difficult times due to um, whether it's political or due to wars and things of that nature. So I think that's really interesting to take on board because there are countries in Africa um, where sometimes the, the circumstances are not as, as good as you would like them to be. And sometimes as individuals, either whether it's from the West or, or otherwise, we don't take those things into, into consideration as to um, the psychological aspect of what those, what those people and what those players have actually been through and how it's made them today. But another thing that you mentioned as well, you spoke of facilities. Do you think, I mean, it goes without saying, but do you think facilities play a huge part in the success of, of, of football players and the development of a, of a football country? Because we have countries like Australia, as you mentioned, and you have countries such as the US, who are, or certainly the US anyway, who I think are beginning to gather momentum where the developing boys at a very, very fast rate, players such as Pulisic, and I know there is a number of other boys in Germany as well. And because they're hosting, I think, the World Cup in 2026, there's a huge chance they could be successful. Maybe not win the World Cup, but be successful. I mean, what are your thoughts just in general as to whether it's facilities and whether, I don't want to say money, but does money play a part nowadays as to the development of boys in a country? I think uh, the, the facilities, uh, it is an uh, important part. It is because uh, if, for example, you have the gym, very, a very good gym, it means that you should have uh, uh, a people, a person that uh, work there as profession. So I am talking like a strength and condition coaching. And if uh, you have that, uh, you can improve that player in the four corners, okay? But uh, when, you d when you don't have this and uh, you have just a ball, of course, you can do something, of course. I believe that the, the, the facilities, it is a good part. But, uh, uh, you know, we know uh, in the past that uh, many, many players, of course, from Africa, they, so like they just train uh, in the beach uh, with one ball. Yeah. For, yes. yeah, so I mean, of course, different circumstances dictate um, your success. So because you, don't, you may not have the facility, it doesn't necessarily mean you won't become a great player. 
Yeah, I understand where you're coming from. Just just for the um the benefit of the listeners, I thought it'd be interesting just to bring up the four corners. The four corners. So the four corners are technical, psychological, physical, and social. Um, so obviously I know we've made reference to the four corners two or three times, so I thought it was important just to bring yes, that up. Of course. Um would you say there's any country up oh, okay. Would you say there's any country that is more technical than the other? I I do believe that maybe in England uh, there are more uh, technical aspects than tactical aspects. Okay. Yes, it is more technical. That it is uh, it is very important because we are forgetting this part, of course, uh, and uh, above all in the foundation phase. But then I think uh, in Italy we. Uh, Sometimes we take care much to the tactic aspect when we need to give like force the the fundamental. But anyway, if like we do an holistic approach, we have to be able and good to give the right part to every circumstance. I think you you said something which is really important. Um, in regards to England and it being a bit more technical, I think these are things that have come in into play in recent years. And I think that has shown in some of the success that England have had at youth, at youth level in winning the under-17s World Cup and getting to, I think, one or two finals and even winning um, the tournament at under-20 level as well. As to um, something you raised, I, think, I, I, I don't want to forget, it was defending, it was the tactical side of the game. So why is it that Italy are so good at defending? I know thing, things are innate in that when it's been successful and these, 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 um, this information and this knowledge has been passed down, it becomes a lot easier for the next generation. But you said something as to Italy focusing more on the tactical side rather than the technical side. Um, do you want to maybe um, explain briefly why that is? It is like of uh, also the history of uh, our country because you know we are famous for uh, Catenaccio uh, in the past, and uh, our uh, uh, federation uh, also the teachers that uh, they, they give lesson for with B, C, and A and Pro. Uh, they are uh, they, they have a very good very high uh, like knowledge for this and uh, tactically we have uh, we like study and do uh, many many drills for the tactical and uh, not possession phase because like we we are like maybe the best maybe to make for example one Three five two against one four four two. We like to make uh, uh, to create uh, in he- uh, every time the situation from my side to win that game system and uh, in possession of course, but also defending uh, out possession. And also deciding if I uh, wanna do a high block pressing, a mid pressing, or a uh, low pressing. 
I think that's very interesting um, because we, we spoke on England in regards to it becoming um, more technical and that is something that's happened in recent years and it's come from the Federation. And likewise, obviously, the, their counterparts, Italy, coming from the Federation is the, the importance of being able to defend and the history of Catenaccio and, and defending from the front and obviously defending from the back as well. So I find that very interesting. And also you speak of the differences in or from different clubs as to Juventus focusing on, 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 on the psychology of the game and where you were in, in Kiev or Verona, where you're focusing on the technical aspect of the game. And it, again, it just kind of, um, it, um, it's, all, it's all to do with the, the how, how would I even word this, the, the aims and objectives of the club. So if you're Juventus and you're producing players um, for the first team, they've got to be able to be able to, so they've got to be able to handle that type of pressure when they're playing on that stage. Whereas Kiev Verona, they may be in a position where they actually, of course, they want to produce boys and have them play in the first team. But if they can actually increase their value, they'll be able to be sold to teams like Juventus, Milan, Inter, and elsewhere. Yes, uh, yes, because of course, if you are a player of the under uh, uh, 19 of uh, uh, Juventus, then maybe if uh, you go like uh, in the first team, you have to play with uh, uh, Ronaldo, with Fon. It, it is not like the same to play with players of like Serie B. So you, you need to arrive there like with uh, some uh, psychological characteristics, uh, uh, like very, very important to, to handle it. And, it. and it must be said, so like, just so, just so, that, so the listeners understand, clubs, well, it, it would be the same anyway, really. So the big clubs in, whether it's European football or, or in a country like Italy, for example, the Juventuses, the Milans, the Inters, they'll generally have some, some, not all, but some of the best boys um, in that region or, or in the country. So technically, they're of a very, very good level already. Of course, these are things that you will build upon, but by focusing on the psychological, psychological aspects of the game, you're only going to enhance their ability to be able to deal with the pressure once they get to the first team, potentially, and hopefully. Moving on, because obviously I know you're, um, you do a number of things, obviously, apart from coaching. Um, I know you collaborate, so you're a collaborator for, is it six? Um, yes, yes. company in providing data. I think that, I think it's a great point, or hopefully you'll, you'll, you'll explain this. Can you tell us a bit more about it and how you use that data? Yes, so I collaborate with six that they have a great platform and they offer uh, big data to uh, many, many clubs uh, in Italy and also they are partner with uh, uh, Italian national team. And it is good because they give uh, uh, big data and also they, they give uh, uh, like uh, softwares to, to analyze, to uh, make drills, uh, uh, for example, like uh, uh, one that uh, it is very common now in Italy, it's uh, called uh, uh, dynamic. And uh, uh, it is important because the information, like the statistics, uh, helps me to uh, coach and 
analyze the match uh, uh, in the right way. So if uh, I know that, uh, uh, for example, uh, in uh, uh, one in like uh, one quarter of the match, the, like there uh, uh, there are three uh, key passes. It is important that uh, I know where they can are and I know uh, how can I teach my players to be uh, between the uh, uh, units. Okay. It is, it is very important because I think that an analyst has, uh, has to know the uh, football. So if I am like a performance analyst, I have to be able to explain for uh, uh, one coach that uh, he plays in this way, he plays with uh, one four four two. Okay, but uh, what are like the principles? Like uh, who are the most dangerous uh, players, and in which part of the pitch? If I understand this. If I make uh, like my high block pressing, okay, for example, I try to block one side, okay, that it is like the most dangerous to, uh, to, to like leave them to play in the other side where they are maybe weak. No, I understand. I think that's, that's advantageous. I think the, the more data and more information you can have, to, to support your team, obviously, the better and more likely you'll be success, successful. Um, you're also a writer for a platform and the founder of esgold.net. Do you want to explain what those platforms are about and what you do for them? Uh, for a for instant, you mean? Um, so you, you write for a platform, am I right in saying so? I think like an author. Alenare Mania. Ah, correct. So I do want to pronounce it. I do want to give yeah, you... Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. So I... I uh, collaborate uh, for this uh, uh, football website that it is called uh, Alenaremania and uh, I am uh, the project manager and the head of analysis and like uh, we uh, write articles for the different uh, aspects of uh, uh, football uh, for technical tactical part uh, uh, for uh, performance analysis uh, about game system, uh, about uh, uh, strength and uh, conditioning, about uh, psychological uh, uh, aspects, uh, about like nutrition, and uh, and also it is uh, very good because also we uh, write ebooks to give uh, our knowledge to. Uh, uh, many many coaches uh, in Italy. Okay, brilliant. Um, for those in Ghana and for those obviously just in general who follow the platform, um, we highlight Ghanaians playing football worldwide. So I like to highlight in particular at times those in the academy system. One in Italy that comes to mind which I've highlighted before is Enoch Arusu at Inter Milan. Do you know of any other Ghanaians playing football um, I don't know, actually in Sicily, I'm not too sure, or in the academy system. And then also, is it e how easy or difficult is it for migrants or immigrants to, to play football in Italy? I know before we discussed some of the issues that some countries can have 
whether it's maybe coming off the back of wars or being immigrants or financial? Yes, it is not not very easy to to come here. Of course, it is so uh, uh, forced. Uh, at the moment, I don't know any any Ghana players uh, that uh, he, uh, he's playing in Italy, but. Uh, also, it is not very, very easy, and I think that uh, it all uh, all depends from the the club. More the club has uh, a big network of scouting. More it is easy for African players uh, to come uh, in uh, uh, one club because anyway. Many clubs they want uh, uh, physical players for like for, for the academies. Okay. And uh, in uh, Milan, in uh, Inter Milan, I remember I followed some uh, uh, workshops and uh, also I watched the trainings. And I remember how uh, that they had uh, uh, many many players. Uh, uh, from Africa, and um, it is this. It uh, all depends from the uh, network of uh, uh, the club. Okay, okay. I think it's interesting you say that because we spoke of Juventus as to looking for. Obviously, we know they would attract some of the best players in the country anyway, so they would be technical, but they're looking to improve or see them from a psychological standpoint. And then there's Kiev Verona. So when you're looking for these players, um, are you looking in, in for Verona, that is, are you looking for them from a physical standpoint? Is it technical? I mean, and, and likewise, obviously, I know you discuss um, Inter Milan. Um, I mean, when you're looking for players, is it technical, physical, or is it a bit of both? I like, uh, I like to look uh, like uh, in, the, in the total aspect because, you know, uh, we can have now very very physical player, okay, that he can be a heavy one now, but maybe in uh, one year he will not uh, grow up anymore. He can be like weak because uh, like last year for him was very very easy, okay, but he didn't not learn much. And uh, it is uh, about bio bending, so it, it, it is about that. And uh, uh, I believe that the club they should look uh, for all like the the aspects, the tactical part, the technical part, the physical part, and the psychological part. Otherwise. Uh, it was not like Messi went in uh, in uh, in in Barcelona. Barcelona. Yes, because uh, maybe uh, you uh, you don't know this, but he tried uh, uh, for a club uh, in Como in Italy. Didn't know that. Yes, but uh, they so so they they refused him because. Uh, it was a little, like small, and that they did a big, big mistake. I think. <laughs> uh, yeah, huge mistake. Um, I think you've raised a number of very, very good points here again. So, and I think the messy comparison, I think, is fantastic. So, 
you can have, and I've come across these boys, and I'm sure you have as well. You can have players who are physically in great shape, um, and one year are able to go past players left, right, and center, and they're doing very well. But once the other boys develop as well and they catch up and they're at the same level physically, um, that player is not able to do those things he was able to do 12 months ago. Um, so it's important when you're looking for a player, of course, um, being physical and being strong and having that athletic ability, which is important in modern day football, is, is key. But it's also important to look at other aspects of the game. Likewise, with the comparison with Messi, it's, it's fantastic that you've got a player who's technically gifted, but they also need to have the physical attributes to be able to survive in modern day football. And obviously, I know that was, in hindsight, a monumental mistake by obviously the club in, in Como. Um, but who was to know um, how to develop a mercurial talent like Messi by, I don't know, enhancing his physical ability? Um, so I think you raised some important points. I'd like to thank you for joining me today, obviously, for this conversation, um, because I think, A, you've provided myself with a bit of insight, but at the same time, you would have provided my listeners with some insight as well. I think it's really important that we have these conversations where um, people like myself or even other countries and federations understand how football is, is developed in other countries. Um, so again, yeah, I'd like to thank you. So. Um, for my, for my listeners, also, we will, be, we will be posting as usual via social media, keeping up with the stories as they unfold in the coming weeks. As always, if you've got any questions or queries, email us at teamgarnereu at gmail.com or tweet us or DM us at teamgarnereu on Instagram or Twitter. Thank you, take care, and we'll see you in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm.